This is Maggie Wallam Rowe, the author of This Life We Share, with some good news for you today. When the COVID-19 pandemic first began shuttering doors across America, along with many other parts of the world, I read an editorial suggesting that we shouldn't be concerned about being productive during weeks of isolation. But as weeks turn into months, few of us are content binge-watching Netflix or cleaning out closets. Time is the most finite resource we have. As a woman in ministry, I pray daily, O Lord, let me use my time wisely and well. I began looking for ways to realign my thinking and remain positive and hope-filled during this unprecedented pandemic. I call these perspective correctives. Maybe you'd welcome some too. Here are a few PCs I've collected this week. First, the statistics on the scope of the virus are sobering, but thankfully most who contract COVID-19 will recover. At the moment of writing, the media is reporting there are now more than 1 million known cases of coronavirus around the world, and more than 50,000 have died. But 950,000 have survived. Secondly, the worst circumstances in life can bring forth the best in people. Everywhere, people are pulling together, supplying takeout meals for medical frontliners, sewing masks and raising funds. Younger people are looking out for older ones and humanitarian organizations are erecting field hospitals. Third, some of the greatest cultural contributions have been made at times of extreme duress. A friend reminded me just yesterday that during the bubonic plague, Isaac Newton was quarantined away from Cambridge, and he formed his theory of gravity. During the bombing of London in World War II, a series of messages C.S. Lewis was invited to deliver on the BBC became Mere Christianity. When Shakespeare was quarantined during a season of plague, he penned three of his greatest works, Macbeth, King Lear, and Antony and Cleopatra. The Apostle Paul composed at least four of his epistles while a prisoner of Rome. But attitude adjustments and positive thinking aren't enough in the face of a global situation causing discomfort and inconvenience at best and extreme suffering and death at worst. We might all be sheltering in place right now, but how can we marshal what resources we do have to remind others they are not alone? Last week, I began brainstorming one small thing I can do each day to serve others from the confines of my home. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have, and sometimes it's the only one available in our arsenal. Yet Jesus' own brother taught us that we should hitch up actions to our good intentions. What good is it Dear brothers and sisters, he wrote in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? And in verse 22, of James chapter 2 in the message, James puts it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Whenever I speak at women's retreats or conferences, I supply questions for personal reflection or small group discussion that I call application and challenge thoughts, or simply acts. So here are a few action steps I'm taking this week. First, 
I'm sending notes and cards, lots of them. As writer Stephanie Rishi notes, this pandemic has taken many prisoners who are languishing behind bars. The elderly person who can't have visitors. The single parent who's never off the clock. The person battling anxiety. The person with the compromised immune system. The person stuck at home in an abusive relationship. The person who lives alone and feels the ache of loneliness. Make it your goal to send at least one note or card each day to someone who needs to know they've not been forgotten. If you are part of a community of faith, grab your church directory and highlight the names of those who live alone or in assisted living. If you're short on stamps and supplies, you can order them right online from the Postal Service without leaving your home. Secondly, teach yourself a new skill. If you have a computer, you have access to the world. This past week, my husband watched a tutorial on YouTube that showed him how to repair a leaky roof. My Bible study leader, Sandy, taught herself how to use Zoom technology to bring our group together virtually each week. Most students are learning online during this season. We can join them and pick up skills that will further our usefulness to others. And finally, we can share positive, soul-lifting resources with others via social media. For instance, there is one company that's offering a free animated adaptation of the film Pilgrim's Progress. I've shared that with different families and I've watched it myself. And if you haven't seen that glorious cell phone choral rendition of It Is Well with My Soul, oh boy, Google the link, close your eyes, and let hope bathe your spirit. Sickness may be spreading globally, but spiritual wellness is freely given through grace and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Maggie Wallam Rowe, author of This Life We Share.